Let's grab Nathan Exelby. We get on the page in the Cox Plate race nine on Saturday at the Valley. Jay was saying a few showers around at the moment. Of course, Romantic Warrior comes here with a wonderful reputation. He's the $3.90 favourite in the Cox Plate at this stage. He's got a great record, 15 starts, 10 wins. In the Turnbull, certainly solid running fourth. Last start behind Gold Trip. And, of course, West Wind blows. And they both ran well, of course, in the Caulfield Cup last weekend. But Nathan Exelby is with us. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, terrific. Thanks, Steve. Um, I look forward to your Twitter post each and every year of that 1992 Cox Plate and um, just brings back such great memories each year. Well, half these horses this year wouldn't make that field. <laughs> no, that's right. I remember you know, we, only a couple of years before that, 89, they, they got rid of Cole Diesel off the back of a two-rack and, and Caulfield Cup win. They, they'd relish a horse of those credentials now, wouldn't no, they? they would. But I, I, said, I just look at that every year in, in amazement. It's just the, the, the form going into it. And we know naturalism may have won the race. He was bolting at the time of the incident, but superimposed, of course, at Big Odds, missed all the interference. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just the, you know, the best race of my lifetime in terms of just the... the the horses you had there and the drama that unfolded and then the result in the end. Nathan, when we talk about Romantic Warrior, as I mentioned, his record's phenomenal in Hong Kong and the race that sort of stands out form-wise for me is earlier this year when he won that that Queen Elizabeth. He defeated Prognosis, uh, the Japanese horse who's come out and bolted in since and Dubai Honor was third coming off two group ones in Sydney. So tell me what you think about him here and what did you make of his Turnbull run? Yeah, a couple of things there. Zach Purton's comments leading into the... Turnbull were very interesting, I thought. He he put a question mark on him in that race in terms of, you know, just he felt that his form may have been flattered in Hong Kong given that he felt the Japanese might have been over the top by the time they got there and similar with Dubai Honor. And there was another time where Golden 60 got him down at, uh, or beat him at 2,000 metres and Golden 60 is not really a 2,000 metre horse. So I found those fascinating comments. Um, then you get to the Turnbull and my initial reaction was to put the pen through him, but uh, he, it's not like he was gone a long way out there, Steve. He he travelled pretty well into into the race, and you probably those who took the two dollars fifty were probably still on good terms with themselves when heads turned for home. And just when James McDonald went for him, he then didn't find an awful lot. And subsequent comments from his trainer, you know, revealing that he's had trouble getting this horse fit, and he still put that question mark on it at uh, breakfast uh, on Tuesday morning. I would suggest he's going to improve sharply off that. They may ride him for, for cover here as well. So I'm, I'm less inclined to put the pen through him now, Steve, than what I was uh, after the turn. I, I suspect that he gets the, the right run here, and I, I think that he will be the big improver um, off the last up Yeah, his record's just too good to, to dismiss, yeah. isn't it, Nathan? And trainers saying improve, and he had the issue with the feed and all that sort of stuff as well, which made the made the press. And when you look at one of his 2,000-metre wins up there, he beat Eric De Eel, the former Queenslander, of course, now Torby and Diamond. He, his time was, I think it was a class record, 159.20. The record up there stood for years. Winbright in mm. 2019 was 158.81. So he wasn't that much slower than the track record that day. No, and he's, he's, he's looked good the way he put them to the sword too, hasn't he? Yeah, well, Zaki, we know all about him. You've seen a lot of him in Brisbane, of course. He was brave last start behind Think It Over. He led in this race last year and got tired late to run fourth. How do we assess him in 2023? Yeah, it's been a, an unfortunate race for him, hasn't it? Two years ago, he was a red-hot favourite and came out. Now he's trying to win it off 42-day break. Um, I would say his form this time in has been okay. 
Um, not dissimilar to last year, but the prep just makes it difficult for him. I don't see the barrier as an issue. You just think he just crosses very easily, set outside alligator blood. But he is a key runner in terms of if they want to try and cuddle him, that would make it easier for alligator blood. But surely he just has to roll forward and we sort of sets up a carbon copy of what we had in, in last year's Cox Plate, Steve, with alligator blood and Zaki setting the tempo. Well, that's uh, Zaki. What's his record now? Of course, well documented. He was with Sir Michael Stout and Annabelle's just uh, got him to another level. 15 from 45. He's a nine-year-old now, Zaki. So there's no distance queries with the two we've spoken about so far, Nathan Rometic Warrior and Zaki. But is there a distance query with Mr Brightside? He was brave last start behind Fangirl in the King Charles. Yeah, I think there has to be. I thought that I'd, I could find him in this race, Steve. You know, he might have indicated last time he was a bit more dour and is looking for the extra trip. But I went back to, to last year's Cox Plate. Look, they rode him uh, negatively there off gate 11. He's going to get a much, much kinder run this time, so that will help him. But I just didn't like the way there last year. You, know, you saw um, I'm Thunderstruck was back with him. He was obviously terrific getting closest to Anime, but also Mwonga went straight by him in the straight. So based on what we saw in this race last year, I know he's going better, um, but there just has to be that little question mark on him at a tough 2040. Yeah, he's only had the two goes at it. You mentioned the Cox Plate, and of course the run prior went fourth to Animo in the Caulfield Stakes, beaten about two, so that's Mr Brightside there, but got a phenomenal record, hasn't he? 14 wins from 27, and he's a six-year-old, and he's not fashionably bred either. He's by bull bars, uh, Mr Brightside. Well, we just spoke to Gay. This horse amazes me, Nathan. You saw him as a two-year-old for David Van Dyke. His three-year-old career was outstanding. He, he beat Private Eye, the Everest winner in the Stratty. Um, he was brilliant last start at 2000. Alligator blood. We've always considered him one of ours, haven't we, we Steve, even though he's now trained in New South Wales and he came back and won the Stradbroke and what he's done in the 15, 16 months since has been exceptional. I thought he's gone as good as ever there last time in the, the Caulfield Stakes. So you look at his 2,000 metre ratings, they're rock solid. You know, he was, wasn't up to, to Animo last year at the 2,000 metres, but he wasn't disgraced. So you can take the view that, OK, it's a lesser race this year. That gives him his chance. I, I do subscribe to that as well. Um, but then you pull up that Crawford Stakes apart, and it was, and it was Vowen de Clare who was, who was sort of pulling ground off him at the end. It's a much better race here than what the, the Caulfield Stakes is. So um, I think he's there for a long way like he was last year, but I still expect that there's one or two that uh, will be stronger at the end. This horse is going to get some of my money. He's just absolutely flying gold trippy. He won the Turnbull, of course. Brilliant turn of speed. Beat West Wind Blows and Sulcombe. Both ran well in the cup. Romantic Warrior was fourth and then... Last start in the Caulfield Cup, I thought he was excellent when the winner laid all over him and he had a heap of weight, 58 and a half, and he ran well in this last year without luck. Yeah, you get a good line on his form, don't you? You say, obviously, he went better in the Turnbull this year than uh, he did last year. I'd say his Caulfield Cup run was about on a par. He carried a little bit more weight this year than he did last year when beating a, a smaller margin. Then he came to this race, as you said, and he should have finished closer. Um, I'm not sure he was ever going to feature in the, the, the placings last year. No, I agree. Um, um, so blinkers go on here to obviously try and sharpen him up, but I'm inclined to think that he will, we know he's going to race well, but run a similar race to last year and set himself up for a, a repeat tilt um, on the first first Tuesday. So, uh, you know, you know, 
my, my inclination is just to think that it's going to be maybe a touch sharp for him given the, the 2,400 metre run under the belt last week. It's interesting when you look at his record. He's only won three races. He came here with this wonderful reputation, of course, Nathan, off, yeah. off the back of an arc run, didn't he? An outstanding arc run. A yeah, very good arc run. A few of us kept um, falling into him last year, Steve, um, in, in some of those those lead-ups. You know, he's beaten favourite twice um, there at Caulfield and Flemington, and then by the time he got to Melbourne Cup, we sort of dropped off, saying, well, he, he, he can't run the 32 because he was there to win the Caulfield Cup, didn't, and um, lo and behold, he put them to the sword. So when he's when he's on, on song, he's a sight to behold, isn't he? Yeah, he ran fourth in the Pre-Lac de Triomphe in 1920, uh, sorry, 2020 behind Sot Sass. Well, my Ober, on Annabelle will be pleased if there's some showers around, but there's another horse that's question mark at 2,000. Yeah, well, we haven't seen him anything beyond a mile here in here in Australia. One tick he gets is the Mooney Valley. He went went enormous um, on this day last year, didn't he? Winning the the Crystal Mile. He's been back again since and was a flop uh, in the Crystal Mile. And off the back of that, he was terrific in the Doncaster. So uh, I don't think he's hopeless at at fifty to one or, or thereabouts. Steve, he gets a nice run and he does like the track. So, you know, you've got Mr. Brightside and Fangirl much shorter in the market through that same race. So, look, I'll just tell you that he's, it's unlikely, but I don't think he's the worst 50-to-1 shot. Yeah, his 2,000-metre run was at Royal Ascot. He ran fourth in that very prestigious Prince of Wales Stakes in 2021 behind Love. He wasn't beaten that far. And you mentioned the Crystal Mile was a heavy last year when he basically was back last and circling on the bend, but he beat Banker's Choice and Buffalo <laughs> River. Uh, last year. That's my Oberon. Well, pinstriped, another one that's a big distance query, drawn awkwardly here, number seven. Yeah, the draw just means he probably, what, what are they going to do? They just have to concede from the draw and try and you know, hope he run, runs on. He's had a great carnival for connections, winning uh, the, the lead-up race that, that got him into this race here, but you think it's going to be too rich. Well, fangirl, people might be looking, I said this, Nathan, you may not have heard me, people might be looking at her form saying, well, she has won at 2,000. Technically not. When she won the fighter, it was 1850 and it was at Newcastle, but she'd run through a brick wall at the moment, fangirl. Yeah, well, that's the further she's been, isn't it, that 1850? Yep. And, um, like, that was, you know, of all the, the lead-ups here, that was the best lead-up, in my opinion, and I think the ratings would back it up. It was, it was just a sizzling performance in the... The new race, the King Charles, to to put two and a half lengths on a horse that's been it was invincible this spring up until that point. So then you get okay, well it's two thousand metres, and they haven't tried her at it. She did, she got the job done in the Group One in the Vinery, um, beating Hinged. who was going pretty well at the time, and there was a big gap to third that day. Um, so you look at breeding, Steve, and so Sebring, he can get a horse that can stick. He had Criterion, who's third in the Melbourne Cup. And then Grandmum won, won an Oak, Special Harmony. She's a granddaughter of Special Harmony. So I don't think you can potter on the, the score of of breeding either. Uh, key to her last time was the good draw where she was able to posse up a lot closer. Too often in her races, she's just been left with too much to do. So that will be a task for Zach Curtin where he, he ends up on her. But... I can't I can't be finding any negatives with her um, at a distance. You can't potter at it, I don't believe, given that she hasn't failed it. And the, the breeding says that it'll be OK and she's coming off such a spectacular last heart win. Mm, often she's just a bit tardy away. That's in her makeup. So Zach will mm. no doubt, smother her up, uh, Nathan, and just hope to get the brakes in the straight on fair, and hoping they run along. Yeah, I think she's she's been double figures in this week, hasn't she, Steve? So since the since the final exceptions, I think she has trimmed up a little.
And you look at some of the mayors that have won this in the past 20 years, of course, Maccabi Diva is a six-year-old mayor, uh, Pinker Pinker, 2011, and of course, Winks, uh, all those four in a row, and then, of course, Lee's Grey Sure, the five-year-old mayor from Japan three years ago. Yeah, and before them, uh, Dane Ripper come off a mile preparation to, to score, a, score a, a shock win in 97, so it, it hasn't been a... And the, the mayors, as we know, in Australian racing the last two decades, they've more than held their own. Spoke to Ed Cummings. Jewess is going really well, and she's no dramas at the trip. And Ollie's hungry. He's about to retire. Yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> yeah, well, he was aboard Dane Ripper when she caused that upset, wasn't he, back in 97? Um, I just don't think she's the same horse she was uh, in the autumn of, of 2022. She's still honest, but she just that electric turn of foot doesn't seem to be there anymore. This Victoria Road, uh, I know Matt Chapman's come out controversially. He likes to fire everyone <laughs> up. He said, he, you, well, you should be embarrassed if this horse would win a Cox Plate. He's a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a good record. He's won four from ten. Trainer did it with uh, Adelaide. And, of course, his son, Joseph, won it with a state of rest. I'm giving him respect, uh, Nathan, um, just the fact that he's here and, and Aiden speaks reasonably highly of him for a race like he, this anyway. He's good at setting up a narrative for Matt Chapman. So regardless of what happens, he'll, he'll, have, a, he'll have a follow-up, won't he? So um, a look at the ones that have come here, the three-year-old, Northern Hemisphere three-year-olds that have come here, and he's... Time form rating is inferior to State of Rest and and Adelaide to the to the same stage. Um, we've only seen him at the 2000 once where he didn't sort of finish off. But obviously you respect the stable, and he's not considered one of their better ones. Neither was State of Rest, but he went back there and, and did measure up to a, a genuine Group One race subsequent to that. And he's striking not the not a vintage Cox Plate. So as you say, Steve, you are reluctant to to you know, rule him out, but you would like to think we've got one or two here that uh, that uh, you know, have superior credentials to him. And you know there is one internationally with the one up the top in Romantic Warrior. So I'm inclined just to have him on the fringes. Yeah, just on some of his form, of course, he won the Breeders' Mile, Breeders' Cup Mile this time last year. He, he sat three fence in that particular race. It was a lovely ride. He got the gap through and got up in the last bound. Um, that silver knot that he beats has been placed in a couple of Group 2 since. And last start at Leopardstown, he, he basically sat three fence. He was hampered a bit. He would have run second in another bound. Yeah. And the winner hasn't run since, I don't think, a flight plan. No, but that but second was Buckaroo. Buckaroo. Yeah, yeah in, in, which you wouldn't say enhanced the form. Now, this horse, militarised, and um, I just want to make it clear before I talk about him that I'm not comparing him for one little moment against Octagonal, but when you look at their form lines, I'll tell you what, it's a little bit scary. I made the point, I think, when I spoke with you a couple of weeks ago, horses who win those two, the second and third legs of the Triple Crown in Sydney have an exceptional record uh, in the Cox Plate. If they don't win it, they invariably run well. So Octagonal, as you mentioned, Viscount was terrific against the two champions, Sunline and Northerly. Uh, Castelvecchio was second. Animo was an unlucky second. Uh, Sava Beale had placed in one of those races. So you, you, I couldn't can't find one in the last 20 years that won those races and come to this race and went poorly. And then, okay, so you look at his Caulfield Guineas run, you never wanted to be on him any stage in that race. He just you know, got lost and then the, the race didn't pan out. And his sectionals were, were just fine, Steve. So I don't think, you know, Viscount sort of struggled in his Caulfield Guineas. Uh, that was a Lonroe year. And and so you think, I think, it was a sort of a similar type Caulfield Guineas run to this guy. 
Um, I'm happy to sort of stick solid. It's an extraordinary story for Zach Lloyd, this, this whirlwind 18 months that he's had to, to be riding a genuine chance in a Cox Plate. They purposely drew the good barrier, Steve, and that shows their intent to put this horse in the race and, and use his 49.5 kilos. Um, I just don't see any way that he, he runs poorly. Yeah, sectionals, you talked about those. The quickest 800, of course, 46.93, but all these sectional splits were very good there. And, yeah, Octagonal, he won the Stan Fox, of course, which is now the Golden Rose, isn't it? Um, then he ran third in the Caulfield Guineas. This horse ran, what did he run, um, fifth yeah. in it before mm. winning the Cox Plate uh, with 48.5 as a 15-2 chance. What's that in the old, Nathan? Is that $7.50, something like that? Yeah, 8.50. <laughs> 8.50, you you slip yourself a point there. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> you can see you're a much better mathematical person than I. So you give him a terrific <laughs> chance, uh, Military. Look, King Colorado was solid in the same race. The Guineas, uh, obviously 2,000. Uh, has he got the same sort of upside as Militarise or not? I don't think so. Um, his last couple have been okay. Um, but as I said, that, that Brisbane two-year-old form, everything else from Brisbane Carnival's um, stacking up in the last in the big races at the moment. But the, the two-year-old form just hasn't stacked up uh, at, to this point. So uh, I think clearly Militarise is a bit of hope of the, the three-year-olds. Yeah, just on King Colorado, there was a lot of merit on his in his effort. He was posted basically three wide for most of the trip there. He may have got a bit of cover behind Stepati on the bend, but he ran fourth to Griff, and of course Griff led, and as Nathan mentioned, shifted out and cleaned up a lot of these horses. I read a fear with him anyway in a very strange um, Caulfield Guinea. So how do we how do we look at it, Nathan? Obviously, going with Militarise, the 11 on top. Yeah, and I just think you're getting close to $3 a place there as well. So he, you know, I just see him running really, really well here. I'm scared of Romantic Warrior bouncing back, um, being a fitter horse. And, and Fangirl's the other one I can entertain that I just, you know, she's unknown at the 2000. What's to say she's not going to relish it and... She's coming off a, a career best last start performance with a, a world class jockey board. Nathan, anything at, at odds that you throw into a wide first four or something like that, which many of us do on Cox Plate Day? <laughs> uh, look, I think my Oberon's not not completely hopeless in terms of the the wider multiple, Steve. That um, he's going along pretty well this horse, and as you said, his, his two thousand metre run wasn't bad. Uh, gets a nice enough run, so throw him in as a, as a wider hope for the, the, the bigger multiples. Anything else on the day or around that you want to watch on the weekend very closely? Uh, look, the Spring Champion Stakes is an interesting race in, in Sydney. Um, you know, Tom Kitten, Punnersby, scraping the bottom of the pocket, going to the well with him again. I can see that he's a really good chance here. It was a terrific effort to get so close. Um, but they were entitled to, to run on in that race. The Phillies have got a terrific record in this race, Steve. Um, for a long time, they hadn't won it, had they? But uh, in more recent times, they've they've measured right up. So I, I don't see any reason why Buda La Vida uh, can't run a, a huge race here. She was never a threat in the flight, but she got to the line solidly. The autumn sun, I think you're going to see this horse's progeny just step up to the plate. We saw it last uh, Saturday with that filly of Peter Moody's getting to 2,000 metres. Uh, he's, you know, the next big hope for middle distance size in this country, and I, I expect her to take another good step in the spring champion to the Levita. And, of course, we talked this, about this during the week, but just the Queensland form, it holds up every year, in particular this year as well, with just the winners that just keep being produced, Nathan, from some of the features. Yeah, Caulfield Cup and Everest so far, so it's a pretty good... Um, you know, Stradbroke day has been... <laughs> A pretty good nursery to this point, hasn't it? Yeah, it has indeed. Thanks for joining us, Nathan. We'll, we'll chat Cheers, before Steve. the Melbourne Cup. No, I look forward to that. That'd be Th great. Yeah, Cheers, thanks. Uh, Nathan X will be there uh, joining us this morning on uh, Racing HQ.
And the horse that Nathan was mentioning by the autumn sun that won last weekend uh, for Peter Moody, of course, was, uh, where are we? Uh, let me just find it as I scroll down. It's always later in the day, isn't it? Uh, when you, you're trying to find that particular horse, uh, where is it? Um, I'll find it in a moment, mention the horse's name that, that Nathan was making reference to. There you are, Autumn Angel. Autumn Angel by the Autumn Sun. So, yeah, she's five starts, two wins and three placings.